Welcome to the Nerd Gym Podcast, a nerdy podcast of fitness fun for nerdy fitness folks. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting your home gym set up. But first, a cautionary tale about perfection. One hot, breezy summer evening, a spider named Hilda spun a perfect web in a low shrub in a field. The web was symmetrical. It contained perfect, regular polygons. It was more beautiful than fine lace. It glinted in the sunlight and disappeared in the shadows. Hilda was not aware of the excellence of her work. She was an old, healthy spider who had spun thousands of webs in her time and never bothered to stop and admire her work. As she waited for her prey, a young spider named Greg happened by. Greg looked up in wonder at Hilda's marvelous web. Oh my, what a perfect web, Greg declared. This is exactly what I need to become a healthy old spider like you. Please, show me how to build a perfect web. Hilda looked around at her handiwork. Yes, it's fine, I suppose. But you don't need my help to build a web, said Hilda, who was becoming hungry and a bit aggravated with the light summer breeze. The air was thick with bugs on a still, humid day. When there was a breeze, lunch was less predictable. Please, cried Greg, please teach me. If I don't start spinning perfect webs, I will starve to death. Hilda looked at Greg with a puzzled tilt to her furry little head. How many webs have you spun, young one? she asked. Well, none, said Greg. I want to spin the perfect web so I can get nice and fat and strong and live to old age like you. I cannot begin because I do not know how to do it yet. You can't do something before you know how to do it. Hilda considered the young spider's statement. She then decided it was the most backwards ridiculous thing she had ever heard. You idiot, Hilda shouted. She was quite hungry now and out of patience for dithering young spiders. The only way you learn to do a thing is by doing it, and doing it badly, and doing it many, many times, and learning from your mistakes. I have spun thousands of webs. Some of my ugliest webs were most bountiful. And, as you can see, my perfect web has yet to catch a single meal on this cursed breezy day. Greg looked up at her in disbelief. He was sure that she was keeping her method for a perfect web a secret. He was sure that if he could only study it a bit closer, he could find out how to spin the perfect web for himself. If he could only spin the perfect web, he thought, he would never go hungry. Hilda shouted down at him, Well... What are you waiting for? Go build a web, an ugly one, and catch yourself a meal already. Greg did not want to build an ugly web. He wanted to build a perfect web. His mind was set. At least let me come up for a closer look first. I will study your web, then I'll be on my way. (sighs) Fine, said Hilda. She was too hungry to argue now. Greg scurried up the branches of the shrub to Hilda's web. 
Marvelous, he proclaimed as he studied each strand. Outstanding, he declared as he paced back and forth across the web. Hilda sat silent at the web center and watched the young spider. She was very hungry now indeed, yet the cruel summer breeze persisted. Miraculous, shouted Greg. Fantastic! Once she had eaten her fill, Hilda looked down at Greg's head and said, Practice. Practice and patience, young one, not perfection. Practice and patience and learning. That is how you become a fat old spider. From that day on, when the cruel summer breeze kept the flies and gnats away, Hilda would spin a perfect web and she would call out to the young spiders in the tall grass. Come see, come see. I will teach you the secret. I will teach you how to spin the perfect web. Okay, so now that we have delusions of perfection out of the way and we're ready to dive in and take action and do our next step without fear, what we're going to do is we're going to put together your home gym. I am super excited. Uh, I'm going to tell you the top five things that you need to have a successful home gym. Number one is going to be space. Take a look around your house. Where are you going to work out? Is it clear? Is it open? Is it inviting to work out in? Uh, space is super important. In fact, it's the most important thing. If you don't have space for your body to move, you cannot exercise. So if you're exercising, especially in a multi-purpose room, like you don't have a specific room for your home gym, you are working out in your living room, in your bedroom, in your home office, wherever it is, make sure that you have enough clear space that will stay clear all the time even if you don't have your workout equipment set up all the time, you want it to be at least an open, clear space all the time. In other words, you don't want to have to move a couch or a table to create the workout space every time you go to work out. That's putting an literally putting an obstacle in your way, preventing you from working out. So make sure that you have that open space already cleared off, ready to rock and roll. You want to have at least enough space to lay down and do some snow angels. So be able to move your arms and legs in their fullest range of motion without knocking anything over. So if you can't lay down in your workout space right now and do some snow angels, if there's stuff on the floor, uh, all that kind of thing, just go ahead and start cleaning. Space is the really the only one, the number one thing that you need for a successful home gym. You can have a, a perfectly effective body weight program that requires absolutely zero equipment. So you don't have to spend any money. Start by making space. That's number one. Number two, once you have cleared the space, let's take a look at your floor. What do you got going on down there? Is it scratchy carpet? Is it hardwood? Is it concrete? Is it something that you wouldn't be comfortable getting down on? Um, if it, if you, your floor has a lot of pet hair on it or it's grimy, all these things you want to consider uh, when you're looking at your space for exercise. So you have a few different options. I'll start with the, the best option for most people, which is to simply get a yoga mat. Um, yoga mats are really very easy, very affordable. You can roll them out when you're ready to exercise. You can roll them up when you're not exercising. Simple as can be. Now, if you have a designated exercise area and you're only using that area for exercise, you're not also using it as your living room or your dining room or your office or whatever, um, and its purpose is solely exercise, you may want to get either interlocking puzzle matting or 
rubber gym flooring. So interlocking puzzle mats are the sort of intermediate solution. They do sell ones that are specifically for at-home gyms so that you can protect your floor from dropping weights on it. Like if you have tile and you're doing heavy weightlifting, interlocking puzzle mats is definitely the way to go. Um, they are semi-portable, so you can easily pull them up, uninterlock them, and put them off to the side as needed, although it's a not as easy as just rolling up a yoga mat. And then finally, the most permanent solution would be to get uh, proper gym flooring, which uh, depending on the type you get may or may not be need to be uh, stuck to the floor permanently. Um, or you could get horse stall matting. Um, so horse stall mats, you can get them at a feed store. And they are made out of the exact same stuff that commercial gym flooring is. It's just recycled rubber, thick recycled rubber. But don't be fooled, just because it's a, a chunk of mat doesn't mean that it's easy to move, especially if you put it down on carpet. These things are heavy, uh, they're unruly, and they are not easily moved. And if you put them down on carpet, the texture is such that it sticks to it like Velcro. So um, for your mats, consider whether you're going to have a workout space that's going to be multi-purpose or single-purpose for exercise, and whether or not you need to protect the flooring from weights or protect your knees from the floor, and choose the mats that work best for you. Next thing I would highly recommend getting is a set of resistance bands. So resistance bands come in a bunch of different shapes and sizes and types. There's types that are uh, like tubing uh, with they sell them with handles and carabiners and attachments and all kinds of stuff. Uh, there are ones that look like giant rubber bands. There are ones that look like uh, ribbons. There's really no uh, particular type I recommend over the other, although what I will say is that if you have sensitive hands, get ones that have handle attachments so that you don't have the, uh, the band uh, stretching across your palm and irritating your hand. If you are allergic to latex, make sure your bands are latex-free. Not all of them have latex, some of them do, so be aware of that. So bands are a wonderful, wonderful solution, especially for um, if you travel a lot, they don't weigh anything. You can throw them in a backpack. You can throw them in your luggage. You can take them out to the park, all that good stuff. They're very, very portable. They do not do the job for uh, some of your heavier multi-joint movements, but they will do wonderful for increasing resistance on some of your smaller single joint movements like bicep curls, tricep extensions. Um, they can add resistance to other weighted exercises. If you combine them with your dumbbells, you can actually, if you have a pair of dumbbells, you can wrap the uh, bands such that they are around the handles of the dumbbells and under your feet, for example, for a uh, added resistance to a, a dumbbell exercise. So they are very versatile and they can enhance other exercises as well. Um, they're also pretty inexpensive as far as exercise equipment goes. So definitely uh, get yourself a set of resistance bands do not buy them used. You definitely want to buy them new. Um, if you have a pair that's been in storage for a while, you definitely want to inspect the bands uh, coming out of storage. And every time you use them, don't use them if they are torn, if they've got little dry rot spots in them. They do have a shelf life. They're not going to last forever. They're not super, like, you're not going to have your same exercise bands 10 years from now. Uh, but they are not as expensive as some other workout equipment either. So it's a fair trade-off. You just have to be aware that they do uh, wear out over time. All right. Next uh, top recommendation, number four, dumbbells. 
dumbbells are so good guys dumbbells are a classic for a reason there is a reason why they've been around for freaking ever um they're very versatile there's a lot of exercises you can do with dumbbells um they take up very little space. The big thing with dumbbells that I get asked is, number one, adjustable or fixed, and number two, how heavy. So first, let's talk about adjustable or fixed dumbbells. Adjustable dumbbells are an attractive solution if you don't know what weight to buy, but they have some major downsides. Adjustable dumbbells with the pin that you move up and down to... Um, to adjust the weight. They tend to be awkwardly shaped, number one. Uh, they can cost much more than fixed dumbbells of the same total weight. And if you get a cheap pair of adjustable dumbbells or you have an older pair, you run the risk of the pin wearing out and having the weights fall apart on you mid-set, which is very bad. Um, the only type of adjustable dumbbells I do recommend are the old-fashioned uh, handle types where you can put little weight plates on the end of the handles and then they have a little screw-on collar to keep the weight plates securely fastened to the, to the, uh, the handles. Um, these are not uh, uh, the kind of dumbbells that you can quickly transition from one weight to the next, but they can be a little bit more flexible if you do want to have a few different weights uh, and some options available for weight. Uh, but in general, fixed dumbbells are the way to go. Uh, They're the most durable. You're going to get the most use out of them. I am particularly uh, fond of the ones that have hexagon-shaped ends. That way they don't roll around on the floor, especially if you're going to do something like a renegade row where you're balancing over the dumbbell, essentially. Um, now, how heavy to go is where a lot of people get really confused. Most people go too light when they are selecting their dumbbells. Um, you are going to grow into these relatively quickly. And if you don't have it in your budget or in your space considerations in your home to have a whole big set of dumbbells, then go ahead and choose ones that are pretty heavy. And by pretty heavy, I mean something that you cannot overhead shoulder press. Like you have a single dumbbell in one hand and you press it all the way up to the ceiling overhead. You can't do that more than five times. That's how heavy the the, your starting weight should be, that you can do at least one good rep with perfect form, but you cannot do more than five reps with perfect form. Uh, this way, you know that you're going to have a weight that you can grow into, get stronger with. Um, it's going to last you a long time. Uh, you can put two hands on the bell, on a single bell, to essentially have the weight, cut the weight in half if you need to have a lighter weight for some exercises. But you want to start out with a pair of dumbbells, each of the dumbbells uh, weighing uh, such that you can't press them overhead for more than five reps. Now, if you have shoulder injuries and you can't do an overhead press to test this out, my second uh, recommendation would be a bicep curl, a weight that you cannot bicep curl for more than five reps. Super important. Um, another question I get on weights is how much should I pay, especially right now because we just got out of uh, sort of a shortage of weights in the world and there was a lot of price gouging, especially uh, for independent sellers on Amazon doing price gouging. Uh, in general, many, uh, it depends, but in general for dumbbells, you can expect to pay about $2 per pound plus shipping for new dumbbells. Um, used dumbbells typically go for between 50 cents and a dollar per pound. And if you can find them used, that's the way to go. The nice thing about dumbbells is they are quite durable. You can get them used and, um, and yeah, they're wonderful. So yeah, as far as, uh, materials go, like whether they're covered in neoprene or, 
a hexagon or uh, shaped or if they've got rough knurling or smooth knurling. Um, all of that is very much a personal choice. Uh, there's no real wrong answer as far as what your dumbbells are made out of. Uh, just make sure that you get ones that are sturdy and what you uh, cannot press overhead for more than five reps. Nice heavy set to get you started. Um, then as you get stronger, you will outgrow them uh, for certain types of exercises and be able to use them for new types of exercise. In other words, that heavy pair that you could only do five shoulder presses with at the beginning, maybe after a couple months, you can do um, some shoulder flies with those same pair. All right. So that's dumbbells. Next up, my next recommendation, recommendation number five, kettlebells. Okay. So kettlebells, again, really old school, really like they've been around a long time for a reason. They are a wonderful shape for doing dynamic exercise, but you can also use them for uh, non-dynamic stuff as well. So if you're not into the sort of dynamic swinging skill based, kettlebells are still wonderful for things like deadlifts and bicep curls and shoulder press and less dynamic movements for strength training in general. Now, uh, kettlebells, they tend to be a little bit more expensive. Uh, kettlebells are going to be about $3 per pound new plus shipping. Um, they don't lose their value as much for some reason. When you look at used kettlebells, they're usually going to be about $2 per pound is what you can expect to pay. So tend to be a little bit heavier than dumbbells. As a result, most people will opt to get a single kettlebell and there's a lot you can do with a single um, but just like with the dumbbells, you can do even more with a pair. So just like the dumbbells, I do recommend getting a pair of kettlebells uh, if it's within your budget to do so. Now, um, kettlebells, they're going to come in a variety of shapes and materials as well. And your selection matters more with kettlebells than it does with dumbbells. Uh, number one, do not get an adjustable kettlebell. Um, adjustable kettlebells are not built for a lot of the things that kettlebells are great at doing, like the swing, like the snatch, like the clean. Um, the shape, is, the unique shape of the kettlebell with the rounded body and the curved handle is what allows it to be a useful exercise tool that is different than a dumbbell. So get one that is um, a solid fixed kettlebell, no adjustable kettlebell I have seen uh, fits the bill for what you can actually do with it. The handle should be made of metal and not coated with plastic uh, and avoid plastic kettlebells. Uh, your kettlebell should be metal. Uh, now, if the body of the bell is coated in some kind of rubber or plastic, that's fine, but you don't want the handle to be covered in rubber or plastic and you want the core of the bell to be metal. Um, here again, as far as heft goes, go for a weight that you cannot press overhead more than five times. Um, again, here, most beginners start out just way too light there. I've never met anybody who's actually seriously needed a five pound kettlebell, um, unless they have, uh, actual injuries that they're working around or weight limitations, uh, as instructed by their doctor. Um, most people can do a little bit heavier on a kettlebell. Um, especially if you're going to get both dumbbells and kettlebells, you may even want to get a heavier, uh, kettlebell than your dumbbells. So for example, if you could press 20 pounds overhead with the dumbbell and you can press 20 pounds overhead with the kettlebell um, and you already have a pair of 20 pound dumbbells, maybe get a 25, 35 pound pair of kettlebells if you can. Um, that way you have more options uh, for your lower body activities like deadlifts, like squats, things that generally require a heavier 
weight. Uh, so that is where I would start your collection, uh, both with kettlebells and dumbbells, something that you cannot overhead press or do a bicep curl for more than five reps with. Um, ideally, if you test out these weights, be sure to warm up first. That's super important. Um, if you don't have access to weights to try before you buy, uh, you can get a kind of sort of estimate if you find a gallon jug of water or milk. A uh, gallon weighs 8.3 pounds, and we can use it to get a rough guess of the weights that you should get. If you can press or curl a gallon with one arm uh, for no more than five reps, obviously you get an eight-pound dumbbell. Uh, if you can press the gallon for 10 consecutive reps, get a 10-pound. If you can press it 15 times, get a 15-pound. 20 times, get a 20-pound. 20 25 pounds, get a 20... 25 reps, get a 25-pound, 30, and so on. Uh, so, again, not super accurate, not the best way to figure out uh, the right weight to start off with. But again, if we're like shopping on Amazon and we've never lifted a weight before and we have no idea what we can actually overhead press, uh, get a get your gallon, full gallon of milk out of the fridge and see how many times you can overhead press it just to get a, a guesstimate to help you start out. So as many reps as you can press it, that's the number of pounds that you'll get per dumbbell or per kettlebell. Um, so yeah, definitely whenever you can get pairs, uh, not only because it's, uh, fun to do more, uh, double exercises with both kettlebells and dumbbells, but sometimes if we start off with a single, and I've definitely run into this problem with dumbbells, I was like, oh, I'll just start off with a single 40 pound dumbbell and then I'll get another 40 pound later on. Uh, but then when I go back to get another 40 pound, uh, even with the same brand, the, the sculpt or the mold has changed slightly since the first one I got, and it doesn't quite match. And that, um, if you, you might not be the kind of person that bugs you, but yeah, it, it, having mismatched dumbbells and kettlebells can be a little bit of a bummer. So it's nice to get them together when you can. All right. Another piece of equipment I get. So those are the five. Okay. So first off, those are the five. Space, mats, bands, dumbbells, kettlebells. That's what I recommend for your home gym. That's all you really need. Um, I do get asked a lot about cardio equipment. Uh, and on, honestly, unless there's a piece of equipment that you actually used and loved and missed from the gym that you used to go to, or, uh, or if you actually did go through a period of time where you used a piece of home equipment, uh, don't do it. Uh, as far as like, if we're talking about big stuff like treadmills, bikes, uh, elliptical trainers, uh, rowing machines, all that kind of stuff, they take up a lot of space and they don't get nearly as much use as people think they're going to. Even the, the real expensive schwanky stuff like the Peloton, most people end up having it collect dust in the corner, which is really unfortunate, but, uh, there's just something about doing cardio on the machine. I don't know what it is. People don't, don't, uh, stick to it for whatever reason. Um, so unless you know, because you've had experience with the piece of equipment and you know you love it or if your doctor has told you hey you know what you should do is bicycle every single day and with a stationary bike or um, you know if they have specific recommendations for you uh, unless there's specific recommendations for your doctor or you're absolutely certain because you know you've done this before and you love it don't get cardio equipment uh, opt instead for doing uh, body weight exercises that get your heart rate up uh, high intensity interval training um, 
get out for a walk or a run. Hey, you know, you invest in a nice pair of uh, walking or running shoes if you're going to go that route. Uh, I'll talk more about walking and running shoes on a different episode. But for now, uh, that's all you need to get your home gym started is to have your kettlebells, your dumbbells, your mat, your bands, and most importantly, just the space to do it. And if you get nothing else, just get that space cleared out, get it cleared out right now, today, and then go ahead and uh, get on to a live class in uh, the Nerd Gym's secret website. Um, If you're not a member of the Nerd Gym already, you can go ahead and become a member. You can go to www.patreon.com slash the nerd gym and choose the membership level that's right for you to get access to over 80 class times per month. Online live classes are a great way to hold yourself accountable and actually get started doing the exercise that you need to do. All you need is some space. I'll see you there.